Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. I want to speak to you about stumbling blocks, and I'm going to begin reading at Matthew's Gospel, chapter 11, verse 6. I'm reading this from the Amplified Version of the Bible. And it says this, And blessed, happy, fortunate, and to be envied is he or she who takes no offence at me, capital M, it's Jesus speaking, and finds no cause for stumbling in or through me and is not hindered from seeing the truth. Let me say it to you again. Listen to these words of Jesus. Blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied is the person who takes no offence at me, finds no cause for stumbling in or through me and is not hindered from seeing the truth. One of the major reasons why people don't move forward in their life and destiny, as the scripture teaches, is because of offences. And when they get offended, they stumble. I've met many people who stumbled even decades ago and have never progressed on because of something that happened, a divorce in their life a business failure, a loss of a loved one, something or other like that. And because that breakdown or that loss occurred, they stopped right where they were and an offence took place and they stumbled. Now, there are four kinds of offence. Most people only know about one. And of course, the most common one, the first one, is a personal offence. A personal offence, the most common, is where something is said or something is done or perhaps something's not said or not done that should have been said or done. You never got that invite to the party that everybody else got invited to. Maybe somebody said something. And you know, I've seen over the years where sometimes people are so good at taking offence, they've done so much practice of it, that they can find offence even when none is intended. And people can go away saying, you said this or this happened. And sometimes the person who supposedly caused it is completely oblivious, didn't intend anything like it to take place. So that's the first kind. But the second kind is one that is getting much more traction and airplay nowadays, particularly on social media. That's the offence on behalf of someone else. It's where it didn't happen to me, but I act like it did. Now, can I say I don't think that's wrong or bad because actually if you get offended over an injustice that occurs to somebody else and that prompts you to take action, in a couple of weeks' time, we're going to be interviewing, well, next Sunday morning, uh, Pastor Hayden Glass, who's, hi Hayden, he's in ISO at the moment after a visit to Queensland. But Pastor Hayden's going to be hosting a panel uh, about red frogs. The week after that, it's going to be transformed. Both of those things took place because somebody got offended over an injustice. I don't mean offended in the sense they personally felt hard done by. I mean, they saw something happening and said, this should not be, we are going to take steps to remedy it and make a difference. So that kind of an offence is not a bad one. It's not wrong if it leads you to take action to remedy. It's a wonderful thing. If, however, as happens so often, 
particularly on social media, I can say, if, however, it simply leads you to repost, to go, that never should have happened, then can I say to you, your entire offence makes no difference at all. It's actually a wasted offence. So the first one is the personal one that happens to you. The second one is the offence that happens to someone else, but you get offended on their behalf. We live in a world right now where outrage, for a whole variety of reasons, is be almost becoming, you know, my divine right. But the third one is one I think is even more common, and that's where someone gets offended at life's trials. In reality, they're being offended often at God. God, why did you let this happen to me? God, it's not fair. While we were in the worship tonight, I really felt the Holy Spirit say to me that someone who's a part of this service, and I don't know if you're in the building or if you're online, but someone who's a part of this service, you've had a loss in your life. Somebody that meant a lot to you. Well, they're no longer there. And you know, Psalm 6 and verse 7, I read it this morning as I did my daily reading of Scripture. Psalm 6 verse 7 in the New Living Translation, let me read it to you. It says this, My vision is blurred by grief. My eyes are worn out because of all my enemies. And that's what happens when somebody gets offended at life's trials. This much I can promise you, that if you allow an offence because this happened. Listen, every one of us, as we journey through life, are going to encounter obstacles, difficulties, challenges, problems, crises, disasters, call them what you will. But you will encounter one at some point or other in your life. And when you do, if you allow that thing to become an offence against God, the first casualty of it always is your vision. You'll stop right at that point. Why me? It's not fair. The fourth kind is the one that I think happens a lot as well, but most people don't recognise it as an offence, and yet it is. It's when we get offended at somebody else's blessing. Do you know that verse we started with, Matthew 11, verse 6? Well, obviously it follows verse 4 and 5. And you'd think that Jesus saying, blessed are those who aren't offended in me, would follow an attack of the Pharisees. Or it would follow something or other where the Roman overlords, you know, had done something terrible. But if you go back and read the scripture, it didn't follow that. Let me read it to you, verse 4 and 5 of Matthew 11. Jesus answered and said to them, go and tell John the things you hear and see the blind see, the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, and the dead are raised up, and the poor have the gospel preached to them. In other words, Jesus is talking about people being offended, not because of a problem, not because of something terrible that someone said, but someone who stumbled at miracles that were happening through someone else. And I've met over the years and I've had it happen in my own life where I got offended because of somebody else's success. Where I got offended because the church down the road was doing so much well or better than what I thought ours was. Or where my leadership didn't seem to have the same effect. 
I'll never forget being in a conference many, many years ago, a big conference, and out came this preacher and I sat there and I thought everything about this guy was the opposite of the Aussie way. I didn't like his pearly white cap teeth and his beautiful, uh, everything about, I just, as an Aussie, I remember sitting there and the more I listened, the more I folded my arms. Now, I'm not proud of this. I'm telling you this to say, no matter who you are, we can stumble at someone else's success. And there is this person, and as clear as anything, in the middle of the preaching, while I'm thinking of all the reasons I don't like them, and while I'm dismissing everything they're saying, I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, are you listening to the man or are you listening to me? And immediately my heart was convicted and I said, Lord, I'm sorry. And I did a 180 degree sitting there in that seat and that person became such a blessing. I met them later in uh, England of all places, went to a church there, got invited into the, into the green room, the pre-service room. This same person's there and greeted me like a long-lost friend, even though I didn't think they knew I existed. Later on, that same preacher came to our church and was such a blessing to so many people. But all of that could have been missed if I had have allowed somebody else's success. Maybe it's someone at your workplace. They got the promotion that you think should have been yours. And now you start going to work and you're going to go on the go slow trial. You know what I mean? Well, I'll do what they tell me, but that's all I'm going to do. Well, the boss, you know, never gave me the bonus they reckoned I was going to get or whatever else it might have been. And somebody else gets that boyfriend or girlfriend. They're going out. They're all over Facebook. They've got their status updated. And you're still sitting at home watching Home and Away? Why, I don't know. <laughs> but you know what it's like? It's so easy, isn't it? Somebody else gets an opportunity and you can get jealous. I think it's one thing if somebody else's success prompts you to start going, God, I need to increase. But you know, it becomes an offence. Well, I look at them and go, well, I should have had that. Let me give you these four things. You might want to write them down. Number one, personal offence cuts me off from grace. Each one of these, I'll tell you what it cuts you off from, all right? Personal offence, the first one, where I'm offended, it cuts me off from grace. Hello, we pray the Lord's Prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Give us this, you know, let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins, our trespasses, like we forgive others. Do you know if you pray the Lord's Prayer, you're asking God to forgive you in the same way that you forgive other people in your life. It's a scary prayer to pray because you're saying, God, if I don't forgive, don't forgive me either. The truth is that keeping personal offence in your life cuts you off from grace. The grace of God no longer is what surrounds you and works on your life. Now you've cut that out. You've pushed it away and said, God, no, I don't want that. What I want is hardness and difficulty. Well, I just don't think anybody here in their right mind would go, that's what I want for my life. Here's the second one. Offence on behalf of someone else cuts me off from partnerships. When I get offended because of somebody else, uh, on behalf of someone else, 
Think about that preacher I told you about, me sitting there listening to him. If I'd allowed an offence. Now, I was not offended by him personally because I didn't know him. And he didn't know me and he was saying nothing about me. I was offended on behalf of the Australian nation at this slick guy from overseas. We're Aussies. We like keeping it real. And my silly offence was going to cut me off from partnership that proved to be an incredible blessing in my life. I've watched people over the years when it comes to relationships. I've watched people, you know, somebody else disses out their friend, they disconnect them. And so they take the attitude of, well, if you've disconnected from them, I've got to choose whose friend I am. I've said this a number of times to people. I heard it from someone many years ago. I do not have to make your enemies my enemies in order to be your friend. That's a word of wisdom. You want to remember that one. I don't have to make your enemies my enemies in order to be your friend. So I've had friends of mine that have had falling out with others and I've said to them, I can think of several right now, and I've said to them, you know what? I'm going to be friends to both of you. I know you don't like each other. That's your business to work it out. My job is to keep offence out of my heart. And I'm not taking your offence on. I'm just going to love you both. Right? So personal offence cuts me off from grace. Offence on behalf of others cuts me off from partnership. Thirdly, offence at trials cuts me off from faith. Whenever I stop because something goes awry in my life, Faith is a casualty. Faith stops. I can no longer believe. I've met people who go, you know, I'll never trust God because, you know, my mother, my grandma, my auntie, they died terribly. And I go, so you want to miss out on every great thing that God has for you. You're offended over a trial, over something that went wrong. I'm not minimising trials. I know how painful they can be and how difficult they can be to walk through. But don't let a trial of life, come on, are you with me here? Don't let a trial of life cut you off from the largeness and the expansiveness of the Holy Spirit. Don't allow something or other that's gone wrong in your life. Oh, you lost your job and it was unjust. Oh, you know, the car broke down. Oh, you lost your house. None of those things are small. But none of them are worth giving faith away for. Here's the fourth one. Offence at somebody else's blessing cuts me off from growth. I can never learn when I'm saying, you know what, Uh, you know, they don't deserve it. Somebody else has got success and I stop learning. There's a whole lot of people that God will put in your path and he wants you to learn from. You won't be able to learn from them if you get offended over somebody who's bigger than you. I personally think every one of us ought to surround ourselves with people that are larger than us. One of the great things about church and about being a part of a service, big shout out to those online, there's people online in Queensland because people have been sending me messages up here, hi, how are you all? In lockdown for just a few more hours. But one of the great things about church is I get to hang around someone bigger than me. Amen? Amen. I don't know about you, I, when I come to worship, I don't come like, oh God, you ought to be so grateful. You, you poor thing, you're up there on a throne, on a sea of glass, 12 gemstones are the foundations. That's what you use instead of concrete. Uh, you know, multitudes of angels, heavenly hosts, 
But God, I know you've been waiting for me. Here I come. I'm going to give you something that awesome. I bet you're so thrilled. You know what I think? When I come to worship, I don't know about you, I've never come to worship yet with a great heart where I haven't gone away blessed. Every single time. I don't know. I was telling someone during the week, sometimes I'll come to pray and, and sometimes it's a bit hard because there's a lot going on and sometimes there's pressures and stuff. But every time, I've never left a place of prayer yet without going out with a different spirit. Why? Because I started hanging around someone bigger than me. Amen? So why would you let an offence rob you of that? I think the poster guy for dealing with offence is Joseph. I think about this man a lot. There's some people in the Bible that when I get to heaven, I'm definitely going to look them up. Joseph's one of them. Because I think about this guy, Joseph, who, you know, is so unjustly treated. There's nothing right about any of it. It's all bad. And when he gets into a place of power, I'll tell you what most people would do. Most people would somehow or other work out how to demote Potiphar, how to punish Potiphar's wife. You know, the one who falsely accused him of attempted sexual assault? How to Potiphar, who threw him into jail without even asking? To, now that Joseph's prime minister, he can deal with that guy? Just arrange it so that he misses out on the best jobs and gets sidelined, gets sent somewhere ugly. He doesn't do that. When his brothers come and present him, he's got power. They don't even know who he is. He could have chucked the whole lot in jail and let him rot. Never does that once. King's cupbearer who forgot him. I'll guarantee that guy when he hears, you know, Joseph, you know, reveal the dream, the meaning of Pharaoh's dream. And then hears Pharaoh unexpectedly say, can we find such a one as this in whom lies the Spirit of God? I'm going to set him over the whole of the land of Egypt. I reckon the king's cupbearer is going, oh, no. Oh, I'm so sorry I forgot you. Oh, please. He's ready, ready to write out his begging letter to Joseph. And Joseph never does a thing. I want to give you tonight... Something simple. It's not easy, but it is simple for the four kinds of offence. I want to give you something that the Bible teaches, but I'm going to say it in a different way because I think so many people, uh, they get trapped by their feelings and their emotions. They get trapped by how they feel. People, I, I think, generally don't stumble at offences. They, they stumble at the emotions they feel as a result of them. And not about you, but I, I'm just like you. I feel them. If I get hurt by someone, I don't enjoy it. And I don't run around whistling, saying, well, isn't that wonderful? Praise God. Amen. I'm like you. I go, oh, God. Oh, that's not nice. Let me give you a principle that I believe will help us to navigate this so that they don't become stumbling blocks, but they just become stepping stones. Here it is. It's called the principle of first. Everybody that's a part of the service, no matter who you are, what you are, every one of us can do this. I'm not asking you to feel different. I'm not asking you to feel a heart welling up with love and beauty and writing, you know, rose-scented notes to this person, telling them how much you now love them in the Lord. The principle of first, let's go to Luke 6. I'm going to read this passage to you, but I, want, I hope you'll pick up on the things that Jesus is saying under the surface. 
Luke 6, 27, but to you who are willing to listen, I say love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who hurt you. If someone slaps you on one cheek, offer the other cheek also. If someone demands your coat, give them your shirt also. Give to anyone who asks. And when things are taken away from you, don't try and get them back. Watch this. Do to others as you would like them to do. The whole of this passage, Jesus is saying that the blessing of the kingdom is on the one who goes first. Did you get that? The blessing of the kingdom is on the one who goes first. He says, do to others as you would like them to do. He doesn't say, do to them before they do to you or do to them as they've done unto you. I've found that most people and a lot of Christians are reciprocators. Whatever gets done to them, that's the way they respond. If they hit a financial tough time, they stop giving because they're reciprocators. They lock up. They're giving. So the Bible doesn't teach reciprocation. It teaches initiative. Listen to it again. But to you who are willing to listen, I say to you, love your enemies. Now, he didn't say when they stop being your enemies and they come and repent. He said while they're your enemies, this is what I want you to do first. You love them. Do good to those who hate you. They're still hating you, but do good to them anyway. And on and on it goes through this passage. And in every single case, Jesus is saying this. He's saying the blessing is reserved for the one who goes first. Who is there in your world right now that you need to bless? I'm not talking about becoming a crazy stalker, by the way. Somebody who kind of starts sending them all these gift baskets or something like that. I'm talking about maybe there's people in your world, maybe in your workplace. Maybe there's someone somewhere and you need to do something good. I'll never forget many, many years ago, I was with a young man who was a child prodigy. Uh, in the music field, he was regarded as, well, he was in the uh, conservatorium at the age of 16. Phenomenal talent. But then he'd had all these troubles and emotional and it led to attempts at suicide, a whole lot of stuff. Somehow or other, he came across my path, came to church and I started counselling him. I didn't really know much, but I was doing my best to help him. And I remember asking him about his life and he told me about a broken relationship. And here is this young man, phenomenally gifted, but inwardly tormented. Why? Remember what I said? When you keep personal offence, it cuts you off from grace. When you shut grace out, all you get is judgment. And this young man had done that and I said to him, the only answer for this is you have to forgive. He looked at me and said, I will never forgive. And then he just exploded and said, I hope they rot in hell. I thought, woo. But you know, I was able to gently help that young man see that forgiveness was not how you feel. It's an action that you take. I said, come on, we're going to pray together. I want you to say this prayer after me. He looked at me and didn't really trust me that much, but I think he thought, well, I might as well give it a go. And so I led him in a prayer saying, Jesus, I choose to forgive that person. 
They were long gone. He didn't know where they were and probably they'd gone on, on oblivious to the pain that they'd caused. But, you know, that young man, he, he said it the first time through gritted teeth. Why? Because the blessing of the kingdom is reserved for the one who goes first. He was waiting for them to come back. He was waiting for them to say, you know what, I, I, it's all okay. But they weren't doing that. He didn't understand the blessing is not on who goes second. It's on who goes first. That young man came into such freedom. I, I, it's a long ago story. But the joy that came into his life, the torment all left. Why? Because he learned the principle of first. So come on, who is there in your world that you need to go first for? I don't know you or all your life. Not sure what's happening in your world. Don't know who you are. But maybe tonight there's some of you where one of those four offences has become a part of your world and you've allowed it to just sit there way too long. Tonight, why don't you say to Jesus, Lord, it's time I moved on. If it's somebody who offended me, then, Lord, tonight I'm going to choose to forgive. If I'm offended on someone else's behalf, Lord, would you turn that offence into a positive action that can help? Lord, if it's a life trial and that thing has just become something that I've been stumbling over, tonight I lay it down, Lord, because I want to pick up faith and walk forward into what you have for me. Lord, if it's been somebody else that I'm jealous of because of the blessing they're having, then, Lord... Tonight, I'm going, to allow, I'm, I'm going to reach out. God, I want to grow. Maybe they've got something I could learn from my life. In Mark 11, verse 22, Jesus tells us, when you stand praying, forgive anybody that's got something or you've got something against. Forgive so that your prayer can be answered. God wants us to come in a phenomenal blessing. I, I believe tonight that there are some of you that just need to stand before God and say, Lord, tonight's my night. I'm going to release it. Maybe you're online with us. Pastor Bruce is coming out now, and he's going to lead us online. If you're in the building, you're going to be able to come forward and just stand before God. Some of the pastoral team will be available to pray with you if you'd like that. If you come into the front and you'd like someone to pray with you, just lift your hand up like that, and they'll know, and they'll be able to pray with you. Some of you won't need someone to pray for you, just your mere act of coming. And standing before the presence of God and saying, Lord, are you here with me tonight? Because I don't know about you, Pastor Bruce, but I think I've probably done all four of these. At some point or other in my life, I've allowed that to keep me back. I, I don't know about you, but I look back and, oh, God, I wasted so much time on things that I wish I'd let go of quicker. Why don't you do that tonight? Now, before we do that, let me just speak to anybody that's a part of the service, either in front of me here in the auditorium or online. You say, Jeff, I don't know God. Before I ask you to forgive someone else, can I invite you to receive Jesus' forgiveness for your life? The Bible says that he died on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. It's right through Scripture. He's the one who saves, for he will save his people from their sins. He wants to bring forgiveness. I realise that we live in a culture now where we've been taught and we hear so often, there's no such thing as sin that's old-fashioned. 
But you know, a stain is a stain. And if you leave it in your life, my goodness, it'll affect you. I met so many people who never believed, never had ever thought of God. And the moment they say yes to Jesus, life changes. It's not mind over matter. It's not some kind of positive belief. It's meeting someone and saying yes to them. Before we pray for people and with people, can I ask you to say your yes to Jesus? Let His forgiveness, come on, you need, you'll never be able to forgive others without His forgiveness in your soul. If you'll say yes to Him, if you're in Australia, you can say yes simply by texting yes, Y-E-S, to 488 That's a number that's exclusive to us here at Metro. And so the help we will give you as a result of your yes will come from our church. It won't come from somewhere else or someone else. You'll be safe with us. If you're overseas or you'd rather get our help via email, then you go to yes.metrochurch.org.org.au And no matter which way you choose to do it, either that number or that uh, website address, whichever way you do it, we'd love to send you the next day after you do it. We'd love to send you a scripture. It's different every day. We'd love to send you a prayer. Different every day. You can read the scripture. Now it's God talking to you. You can read the prayer and make it yours because we know a lot of people don't know how to start to pray. This will help you get going. You get it every day for 30 days. Of course you can opt out whenever you like. Most people don't. Matter of fact, many people keep going with all of the, the ones that follow on that. There's a year and a half's worth of discipleship help for you to follow Jesus. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for every single person. I pray for those, Lord, no matter where they are, there are people on the other side of the planet that right now you're a part of the service. There are people in India, people in the UK. There are people in other parts of Europe. And though you've thought to yourself, I, I must be a Christian. I, I was born in a Christian country. I've always believed in God. You now recognize you've never said Jesus come into my life. But right now you're saying yes to Jesus. Lord, I thank you that for them, their yes opens up their heart for you to come and live inside of them. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Send your yes. 0488826392 or yes.metrochurch.org.au Now, I'm going to ask the team if you would thank you. Can we just sing that once through the chorus of praise the name of the Lord our God. It's a beautiful song. And then if you'd like to come, if you need to come, please don't ever be embarrassed. I've already told you, man, I've been in every one of those four at some point or other in my life and needed the Holy Spirit to come and say, Jeff, come on, hello. This is not the way forward. If you'd like that, we're all going to stand here if you'd love to come. We'd love to stand with you, pray with you. Or maybe you just say, I, I just want to come and stand before God. Pastor Bruce, you're going to be leading people online. Oh, well, can I just add in, Pastor Jeff, that um, as part of your message, obviously you indicated a big key part 
is forgiveness. And it was interesting that uh, you mentioned about the ministry that I got to do in Peru uh, about 18 months ago. And so one of the things that I did there was run a half-day seminar on helping people uh, that have either been victims of abuse, both physical and sexual, or they're wanting to help people to be part of that. And that was amazing. And at the end of this half-day seminar, we opened up the floor to question and answer time. And one of the one of the questions I got from this lady, she would have been probably 60, maybe even 70 years old. And she said, I was abused by my uncle physically and sexually for many, many years. And she said, you've talked about forgiveness. She says, but he's dead. How can I possibly forgive him as a way of moving forwards? And this was inspired by the Holy Spirit because I'm not that clever either. But I said, dear woman, it's about your heart attitude. They don't need to be in front of you. They don't even need to be alive. But from your heart, that's where your forgiveness comes. And so I, I think someone needed to hear that tonight, if not many. That forgiveness is about the heart. It's not about whether that person is still alive or not. It's your sense. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Come on, let's all stand together, shall we, if you're in the building. If you're at home online, don't forget, Bruce, the numbers that people can contact us on. You'll give them in a minute. That'll be great. Come on. I'll praise the name. I'll praise His name forevermore, forever's days. forward if you're in the building and you like that please feel free just to slip forward Pastor Bruce would you just give everyone online the numbers so they know how to send in that sure. our ministry moment where thank you yeah so yes if you're joining us online and you'd love to send through your prayers uh, we can pray in a few moments specifically for those so the text number for that 0439 <laughs> mental black <laughs> it'll be up on your screen <laughs> Coming up, thanks for the guys in the studio. Uh, send through your text uh, prayer request, or you can send us an email, prayer at metrochurch.org.au. Do that. We'll pray specifically for those that come through uh, in ministry time at the end. But I'm also going to pray right now for everybody that is online, uh, along with our pastoral team. We're also praying for people that are physically here in the building as well. So if you need to reach out to prayer, why don't you do that right now? Father God, we thank you. We come before you in response to this message tonight uh, through Pastor Jeff. Father, I pray that every single one of us will take on board those things that you have been speaking into our hearts, Lord God. Father, you will help move us to that place um, of whatever it is that we need to do. Lord, I know, and I've been through this myself, Lord, sometimes we know what we need to do, but we're not even yet ready to be able to do that. So Lord, I pray, would you help all of us that aren't quite at that place, get to that place to be able to move into that area Area that you need and want us to move into. And Lord, for the others that are already there and they're just putting their prayer before you right now, Lord, I pray that you will strengthen, encourage, and Lord, that they will see the blessing, they will receive the release, Lord God, in their life and flowing out about every part of their life. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.
lift it up again. Oh, praise the name. Oh, praise the name. I know there are people online and I do also understand that sometimes people can be quite reluctant because you think well I don't want anyone to know what if they ask me what it is well we won't that's not why we're here we're not trying to delve into your past but we're trying to help you move into your future Father I pray for people that are a part of the service Lord wherever they are Lord Perhaps some of these things are so deep and so profound that those of us that have grown up in healthy, good families might be aghast that such a thing could happen. Yet, Lord, you are there. You're the Savior. So I thank you for salvation. We pray, Lord, that tonight you'll remove stumbling blocks. I believe, Lord, tonight you want to open up our future for each one of us. There is not one of us here, Lord, that doesn't have someone further along the journey, some part of life. Lord, would you open us up to the growth you have for us in our life in Jesus' name. We honour you tonight in Jesus' name. Amen.